0: Philippians 1 and verse 19, Philippians 1 verse 19, and this is what it says, For I know this, this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So, as you will be aware, we've been going through the book of Philippians. A wonderful book, as most books in the Bible um, are. But this has been quite unique, quite um, particular. And it's interesting, as, you, as I've been preparing this... There has been things that have been happening in our lives personally that relate to these um, uh, passages of Scripture. And I, I, it's just even more alive when some of these things happen. You know, sometimes we read the Word of God and it's just almost like words. And once it happens into, in your life and you put that context into your life, man, it becomes even more alive. And... Um, So this morning I'm going to try and illustrate some of these things that have uh, been uh, happening and and kind of speaking to you from a place where Paul was in prison, writing to the Philippians and encouraging them. And um, so we've looked at some of his attitude and the motive that uh, he has been addressing from verse 15 through to 18 last week with the people's motives as to why they were preaching the gospel. As I said, the gospel is a noble thing to do. It's good news. It's good for us to preach the word of God. But there were some people who had different motives, wrong motives, selfish ambition, it says, uh, and um, strife and jealousy. And in between all of that, people are preaching out of goodwill and uh, love. For Paul. So we get to verse 19, and um, Paul turns his attitude or the subject from motives to his attitude toward imprisonment and death. Uh, Paul viewed everything from the viewpoint of his purpose on earth according to God's word, and that gave him stability and strength. How many of us battle with it, to view our lives, where we are found, what's going on, what has been uh, thrown at us from a viewpoint of God? How many of us struggle with that? I do. When life is, um, happens and things happen, I've, I struggle to understand some things because I am human, just like you and I. I mean, just like you, I am human. And so I do battle. I'm, uh, like, I do battle. But Paul in prison was able to view his circumstances from a viewpoint of God or God's viewpoint. That's quite something. And I've often mentioned that the only way that Paul was able to be stable he had strength in encouraging those who are free whilst he's not free physically, is he must have spent a lot of time in God's presence. He must have been found just fellowshipping with God. And as he did that, God gave him insight. God gave him stability. God gave him uh, just uh, the ability to hold on to what he, uh, the Word says. Jesus himself. And um, I want that for my life. I want that for us as uh, brothers and sisters, that we are able to look at life, regardless of what's happening, but we can look at it from a viewpoint of God, knowing that God is sovereign, that knowing that He holds everything in the palm of His hands. Yes, He allows uh, things to happen because the, the the word is also clear. It says that the God of this Age is busy at work. But the word also says that God has the victory. And when we understand that and we hold on to that, man, it just helps us to be, uh, I suppose, better Christians or better people who can shine the light of Christ. Because his word also says that in this life we will have many troubles. We will have many troubles. But we have to take heart for he has overcome it all. We are to be different, and we thank him for that. And so, when a person has composure, he has courage and confidence. When a person has composure, you have courage and confidence. Paul had composure in prison. He was about to face a trial. He was about to be, to go into a, uh, you know, he was imprisoned because of preaching the, the word, and he was going to get, uh, he was going to be in a trial. And he was either going to be released or sentenced to death. He could have lost his life. He was aware of this. But yet, he had, because of his relationship with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was able to have composure. How is that? You almost you do, do not know whether you're going to face death, or you'll be set free. But you've got composure. You do not know what's going to happen, but you've got composure. And because you have composure, because of your relationship with the, the Father, you are able to encourage others in, this, in, in their different situations. And so, in in this. Um, Situation, this threatening um, situation or circumstance that he, that he found himself in, he was calm. He was chilled. He was cool. I don't know how it was in prison. I don't know. I don't know how, but I can just read the word of God. It says he was, he was relaxed. He was, yes, he was a little bit upset because people were preaching out of the wrong motives. The preceding uh, uh, verses say that. But in all of that, he's still a, an, an encourager, saying to the Philippians, church, so what if they are preaching out of the wrong motives? So what actually Jesus Christ is, is being preached? And that is what was important. So we get to verse 19, and uh, verse 19 of Philippians 1 gives us three reasons as to why Paul was confident he was confident that he will be delivered from prison. There are three reasons. I'm gonna just go through these three reasons and try. I and, uh, would like us to try and think of your lives. So you're obviously not in prison, thank goodness. But uh, there are maybe segments of your lives where you might be in prison, not physically, but maybe mentally or, or, or circumstantially. And I would like to just highlight these three reasons and try and apply the, uh, them into your circumstance. So Paul starts off by saying, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. The this in that, in that uh, sentence refers to the preceding section where he w- pre- Christ had been preached or was being preached from different uh, motives. Deliverance here means deliverance from prison, not the salvation of the soul, not the deliverance from death into life. This is not that deliverance. The preaching of the gospel was uh, with new intensity, both by him and the Romans, would contribute to his release from prison. Somehow it would work because he was preaching to the elite group of gods that he was bound to. And then in, outside in Rome, the word Je- Jesus Christ was being preached. Out of all of that, it would contribute to him being released from prison. See, this is one of the best ways to conquer social problems. Win people over. To Christ. Win people over to Christ. Yes, I'm aware that we, we cannot win people over to Christ in our own strength. It's actually God who does it, and he uses us as vessels to do that. But because the gospel was being preached, he finds himself in prison he is confident that all of this good stuff that is happening, the good news being spread, will end up working itself out in God's sovereignty in allowing him to be released from prison. He continues and says that, um, so starts off by saying, for I know this will turn out for my deliverance. And then he says, through your prayers. Remember, he's writing to the Philippian church. He says, through your prayers. This is the second reason for Paul, uh, for Paul's confidence that he would be released from prison. Paul here expects them to pray, the Philippian church. He expects them to pray. He has prayed for them. Now he hopes. He hopes that they will pray for him. He's not super spiritual. He's not uh, walking on Cloud 8, in prison, he is, there's a reality that he finds himself in. He's in prison, it's a reality. But he's hoping that his he's, uh, friends in the Philippian world church would be praying to the Father that he may be delivered, that he may be released. Paul says, I will be alright through your prayers. I will be alright through your prayers, he says. Prayer from the Philippian church was one thing upon which Paul could rest in his situation. He could rest in, in the fact that his, fellow, his family was praying for him. Now understanding that he, he, his confidence is that through their prayers, not his prayers necessarily or alone, through their prayers, He will be alright. I want to ask us at this point. Genuinely, do people think enough of you to pray for you? Do people, your family, your church family, your immediate family, wherever you find your circle of friends, do they think enough of you to pray for you? And can you rest in their prayers? Can you be so confident that I am praying for you as a friend? That my prayer, you can rest in my prayer, knowing that I'm praying for you for your deliverance, whatever, however that might look like. Do you have confidence in me? And do I have confidence in you? as you pray for, for me and as I pray for you. It is a wonderful thing to trust people enough to pray for us because we need each other. We need each other. I need you as much as you need me. You might not think you need me, and that's okay, but I'm telling you now that I need you. I need your praise. We need your praise. We need each other. We need to be lifting each other up, and then we as, who are receiving prayers need to be confident enough that actually my family, my friends, my people, God has placed me around that actually lifting me up and praying for my situation, praying for my for my uh, wherever farmers for my deliverance with, in whatever way that looks like. This is why Paul was so confident in prison. He was confident because the Philippine church was praying for him. He had been praying for them all along. So it's not that one side he's just w- hoping for them to pray for him, to be released. No, no, he had been praying for them and he continues to pray for them. And so he hopes that, he, that they will be praying for him as well. So do people think enough of you to pray for you? Do people know what's going on in your life? that they, they ought to be praying in that particular direction. He continues in this passage and says, And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Let me just put it together. He starts off by saying, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance, Through your prayer, Philippian church, through your prayer, this I will be delivered. I'm confident. And then he says, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. When I read that, I tried to, it messed with my head. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Well, let's let's, um, try and understand what that means. This is the third reason why Paul felt God would deliver him from prison. The supply of the Spirit means the Holy Spirit. This is a functional title for the Holy Spirit. What He does. What the Holy Spirit does. So he's confident that they are praying for Him. As they are praying for Him, the Holy Spirit will do what He needs to do. Will work His magic, in in inverted commas, to do what needs to happen. The Holy Spirit would move providentially upon the authorities in Rome so that they would be disposed to release Paul. The Holy Spirit would do his work as they are praying for him, that when he goes to this trial, things will happen, things will open up. Um, Remember, uh, God is the God of the impossible. So where you think it's impossible, God can intervene. And as we are praying for something to happen, so the Holy Spirit does His work and this thing happens. And He, the King of kings, gets the glory. And at this point we notice what Paul expects from God. He expects supplies given by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give him special help as the Philippians pray. Special help in confidence. Special help in, in um, having no fear. Special help in um, dealing with the circumstance. Dealing with these elite gods that he has been preaching to uh, special help will come to him as the Philippians church pray for him, as he prays for himself, and as he prays for the gospel to continue moving in, the, in, in Rome. Paul expect, expects to be given joy and peace in the midst of the trouble that he's in. In the trouble that you're in, do you expect to have joy and peace? Paul did, but he relied on the prayers of his brothers and sisters as well. It wasn't just him praying to God by himself. It was him also relying that his friends are praying for him too because he understood the value of us together, of family He trusted them enough that they will be praying for him. You know the the very honest and um, desire of us Christians is some someone tells us things and our uh, kind of response, which is a, a response from the heart, is I will pray for you. But often, maybe that's wrong for me to say. Often we don't pray. Things happen. Life, a whole bunch of things come into your life, and you forget to pray for that person that you said you'll pray for. God, forgive us and help us that when we do say we're going to pray, that we will pray. And that person who we have said we'll pray for can hold on and have confidence that we are praying for them, for that person's deliverance, like Paul did with the Philippian church. See, he reckons that the Holy Spirit will give him encouragement. He will experience f- a fresh revelation so that he will know God's will and will continue knowing God's will. He's in prison. He's been put into this place. Uh, was it part of God's will? He, he might have asked the question, man, I'm called to preach the gospel. I'm, I'm called to spread the gospel to the, uh, the greater world. But I'm put into prison. And But he, he, as he's asking for prayer, as he's praying, God will help him understand what, he's, what God's will is over his life. And then he will continue to know what God's will is. Because God's will come, and then it doesn't necessarily always look like it should be. So God says, this is going to happen. But you are far from that. Things look like totally opposite to what God has said. But as you spend time with him in his presence, like he we was singing this morning, man, this world comes. He's supposed, he, he starts giving you joy. He starts giving you peace in the, in the circumstance that you find yourself in. This is our King. He expects to be conscious of the presence of Jesus, even in prison. Even in prison. He expects to know Christ. He expects to feel Christ. He expects to, to be confident um, of Christ's work. He knows that the Spirit can give him boldness and anointing, no matter what happens. Yesterday we had the wonderful privilege of being at, the, at, the, at a church um, picnic at Amarantia. Lovely, lovely day. And I went there early to try kind of set up. And there was this couple who came up to me. And when someone comes up to you in a park, immediately your, your mind is thinking, okay, where are my valuables? Where, you know, like, where am how am I positioned? Can I? how quickly can I run, who is around me, what, uh, you know, there's, uh, all these things are going through your mind, but as this guy says, hello, good morning, and I was uh, eating something, and I'm like, mm, hello, good morning, and uh, he says to me, ask me, so how are you doing, and I said, yeah, cool, and in my head, I'm thinking, what do you want, please, like you're in my area, in my space, I don't really want to speak to you now, I'm relaxed, I'm, And he says to me, well, we're from um, a uh, church up the road in Melville. And uh, we are here just chatting to people, wanting to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. (laughs) And uh, immediately my heart changed from a place of, I don't have time for you, but actually I have time for you now. And um, I was so encouraged as this uh, this couple had just this, I don't know whether they were a couple, but they were together, uh, male and female, and um, just had this boldness to come and share the Word of God. And I said, well, you in the right company because I'm a believer as well. The same Jesus that you want to talk to me about, I know Him. And you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray now that Jesus gives you, more confidence, more boldness. And as you go around the park and people kind of just um, chase you away, that you, you, you would not be despondent. You would, not be, uh, you, would, you would just be confident. But that wasn't... So that was my prayer for them. And I hope that... Uh, I pray that as I prayed, that the confidence uh, g- came upon them through the Holy Spirit and they were able to go and speak to people. Um, why did I say that story? Oh, the, the confidence that they, they, I was praying that they would receive. And Paul, in prison, uh, in this situation where he's going to face a trial which would, uh, would possibly lead him to being executed, he expected to receive confidence to in front of um, um, the Roman officials as is in this trial. He expected to receive joy as he's um, faced with this situation. Why? Because the Philippine church was praying for him. And he knows that the Spirit of God can give him boldness and anointing, no matter what happens. Then what is happening to him in that uh, situation in the prison cell will, t- will turn out for his deliverance. Another salvation puts it this way. For I know that this will turn out for my salvation. My salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. See, there there are many aspects to salvation. Salvation takes place in stages. See, the Christian is saved we understand that to be the day that you are saved. That's called justification. You didn't do anything to deserve it. God drew you unto Himself and He saved you out of His sheer love and mercy over you and I. And now, as you continue walking this um, Christian walk with Him, you are being saved, the word says. You are continuing to be saved. That is known as sanctification, the work of of Christ in us through His Spirit. Why are we, are we more loving? Why are we more forgiving? Why are we more caring? That is not you. It's not in our nature. It's, in, it's Him in us. That is the work of Christ. Sanctification. And then we will be saved. And that is known as glorification. Glorification. And Paul is talking about the sanctification process here. He says that this will turn out for my salvation. Remember uh, in Romans it says that we we um, we are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Renewing of our minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. In the Old Testament, it also says, in Proverbs 23, it says that um, as a man thinketh, so is he. We become what we think. It seems the scripture would suggest that We have a a part to play even in our sanctification process. What we think, we become. What we apply in our lives, we become. And then in Romans, it says that we are to be transformed and not to be conformed to the systems and images and things of this world. So we have a work to do in our sanctification process. So what we listen to, what we put in our minds, we are responsible for that because God is not one who's going to impose His will over us. He gives us a free will. Otherwise, we would be robots, as it were. He says, I give you the will. What you, you're not to conform yourself to the systems and the things of this world. Paul was there. He's not going to conform himself to the systems and, the, and the what's happening in the Roman world but actually God will help me as I thinketh of him, so I become like him. See, Paul expects that a fresh experience of God's salvation will come to him. He knows that God administers the blessings of salvation on a daily basis, day by day, empowering us. Do we know that? That every day God has new mercies for us. His word says every morning, He's got new mercies for for us uh, for the day. He is helping us to walk walk out this walk day by day. And as we are um, looking into His word, being found in His word, so He's uh, renewing our minds. Renewing our minds. Do we believe that... um, He's empowering us day by day. Do, do we believe that? The Holy Spirit will give Paul fresh experience of salvation. The Holy Spirit will give Paul and us fresh experience of the sanctification process of salvation daily. But actually we need it. We need Him to help us live this Christian life. I often... When I'm a little bit downward cast focused on me, uh, I will often in those moments say, Man, this Christian life is difficult. It's difficult to live this life. And Kathy will roughly look at me and say, Excuse me? (laughs) No, this Christian life is amazing. It is, God has given us everything we need to live this Christian life according to Him. And that's a word in um, the book of Second Peter. It says that He has given us everything we need to live godly lives. Live godly lives that are pleasing unto Him. Unto Him. So actually we've been given everything we need to live for Him. Even in prison, Paul, you've been given everything you need to live for Christ. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning in the office when the client comes or the uh, student as a teacher comes and uh, you have been given everything you need to live this life for the glory of the King. And we will experience fresh salvation mercies daily, his word says. We are to believe that. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? See, the word supply in this uh, passage was used for a wealthy person who bore the expense of a city-state drama choir. Now, these productions were co- costly. It took some very wealthy, someone very wealthy to pick up the tab, to pay the bill. God, who is immeasurably wealthy, provided the supply of the Spirit for us to continue living this Christian life. He he, he provided the supply of the Holy Spirit for Paul to continue living for him even in prison. And it's true for us as well. God, through His Spirit, will, has provided everything we need for our lives to glorify Him wherever we find ourselves. Wherever we find ourselves. See, Paul was a person of confidence because he placed that confidence in something substantial. He placed that confidence in truth. John 17:17 17, 17 says that, my, the word of God is truth. The word of God is truth." Paul was able to be um, confident in God because he placed everything in God. The truth of God's word. I leave us with this question. Do you place your confidence in truth? Do you, my dear friends, place your confidence in truth? Truth being Jesus Christ, His Word. Do we place our confidence in Him? So when something goes pear-shaped as it were, do we, hold on, do we know the truth of God and we can hold on to his truth? Because adversity, when things go wrong, is where we find whether we have that confidence in God's truth. Balance and control in setback has its roots in the word of God. And if we hold on to the truth of God, like Paul did, we will. it doesn't matter what happens. Things will happen around us, but we are firmly rooted in Him. We hold on to Him. And as we hold on to Him, nothing can shake us, because we know the truth. We know that there's no condemnation. We know that. It's a truth. It's not a lie. Although people will say differently. The, wo- the enemy will say differently. But because it's a truth and we believe Uh, In the truth, we can hold on to that. And all the other truths found in the Word of God. But the only way to find out what these truths are is to spend time with God and read His Word. And He'll reveal this truth to us. I'm going to pray for us, if it's okay. I'm going to pray that we can hold on to the truth of God's Word through every circumstance that we find ourselves in. Regardless... Man will bring all sorts, the enemy will bring all sorts of hurtful stuff through man. But actually, man, when we hold on to God's truth, God's word, we're able to stand firm. We cannot be shaken. So can I pray for us? If that's okay. Father, thank you for your word that is truth. Thank you, God, that we can hold on to the, the truth of your word. And I pray for us as a people, as your children, God, that we would find confidence in you, that no matter what life throws at us, like Paul, we would find confidence in you. We would expect to receive joy, peace that comes from you and only you. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything we need to live this life for your glory. Everything we need, God. And where we haven't believed that, I ask that you would forgive us and help us, Father, to believe that. So that we can live this life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.